0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts. As always, I'm your host, Tom Jr. This week, I am joined by Adam Herman. How's it going, Adam?
1: I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm still recovering from an illness, so sorry if my voice sounds even worse than it normally does, but uh, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, it's that time of year where it's sort of like all hands on deck. Uh, yeah. Adam's stepping in for, for Mike this week, and it actually works out pretty perfect, it being trade deadline time. Uh, We all expect the Rangers to make moves, but yeah. I don't think we expected a trade involving Joey Keene. So I guess I'll give you the microphone here, just your your thoughts on the move and what you think could happen next.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's like a totally mind-blowing, like, what the hell are they doing type deal. Like, you can see the logic in it, right? Like, they have at least in theory, three very strong right-handed defensemen at the NHL level. They have uh, Niels Lundqvist, uh, who, you know, uh, first round pick in 2018, I believe, right? And um, he's he's tearing up the, the Swedish Hockey League right now, so he could be ready for the NHL next year or a year later. So I think the Rangers kind of looked at it and said, you know, Joey Keane's having a great year. Um, but he doesn't quite fit in our plans as well as a winger would. So um, I think they said, like, let's make this move um, while we still have some leverage and teams don't know, like, hey, we absolutely have to get rid of the guy, uh, which is sort of what Carolina did um, with Julian Gauthier because uh, he's waiver-eligible next season. They have, they've had trouble finding a spot for him. I mean, <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, if you have a 22-year-old first-round pick who's fourth in the AHL in goals, Um, and he might even be higher if he had played more games, um, you know, and you can't find a spot for him for more than five games, you know, this season, like it's, it doesn't bode well for finding a spot for him long-term. So I think the Rangers kind of, uh, won that aspect of the deal where they took advantage of, um, a situation where they, they, they had more leverage than Carolina did.
0: I think it's also a situation, and you pointed this out in your story, which went up on uh, on banter on Wednesday. It could be also the Rangers realizing that Joey Keane is having a really good season, no fault of his own, but it yeah. may be better than is we're going to see going forward. Yeah, and uh, this is something that I, it, it can be frustrating to try to. Um
1: what's the word i guess kind of try to explain is that saying that someone's have it you know has more points than he really is you know is going to put up long term it's not the same as saying that a player is is you know undeserving of his you know stock or that he's a bad bad player it's just that um you know re- regardless of whether it's you know a fourth liner or whether it's Cindy Crosby. Um, they're going to have a great season. They're going to have a bad season. There are going to be times where their value is higher than it would be at other times. So that's kind of how it is with Joey keen It's just that he, when you when you watch the Wolfpack, he he he's benefiting from kind of some elite talent around him. Um, he's he's not necessarily driving. He's driving play, you know, in the transition from sending the puck up the ice from the defensive zone to the neutral zone. But he's not a guy who in the offensive zone is going to be like a major playmaker, at least at the NHL level. I see him kind of settling more into um, the transitional puck mover type defenseman. Um, so I, I think the Rangers, you know, d- doesn't mean he's a bad player. I think he's going to play in the NHL. I just... I just think that his stock is higher now than it would have been if they tried to move him um, you know, next winter, let's say.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree with that because as you pointed out, the Rangers are in a situation where right now they have three right-handed defenders on their roster. They have one on the horizon, and the last thing that they would want to have happen is be in a position where everyone knows they need to move someone, and then you're selling um someone at, at less their value and i think it's what makes things even more interesting with how they proceed with d'angelo going forward because you'll look at this right side and i don't think adam fox is going anywhere um i know you know you, you wrote about you know jacob truba going back yeah. and there's valid points there in in something that they but have it's, to consider. it's
1: unlikely in in reality
0: right? yeah Which it's, (laughs) it's, this is their way of sort of saying they can, you know, we don't really feel any immediate, um, action to do anything because as we've seen with other prospects, um, you know, uh, as talented as Lundquist is, they may try and slow walk it to a degree until they're, they're ready to make it a a decision. Um, but speaking of, of this trade and, and sort of the circumstances around it, are there any other, players who you can think of that the rangers might try and make similar deals with um
1: yeah sure so here's here's kind of the problem right is that we can only analyze from the outside the rangers have you know x number of steps in mind where like okay if we make this move then we were going to want this kind of player and you know like for instance um you know maybe they trade someone for a right-handed defenseman next season depending on if you know dangelo is gone um so so my point being that there's there are a lot of ways this could go um and it depends on what they're going to do with a jasper fast or a ryan strom um you know a bucnevich and and so on a brady shea so um I, I i could see a lot of different ways that um that that this could go um which is kind of the intriguing part about this like this is kind of the nitty-gritty of the of the rebuild right like it's, it's easy to just stock up draft picks and, and and you know prospects and just be like all right like we just now have this pool but it's another thing to be like okay like here's who's developed here's who hasn't here's what our needs are and and to you know try to work in the market to to you know fix your holes um i i can still see them very much interested interested in yassi pulia yarvi from edmonton um because um he fits the kind of style the Rangers want to play. And I think all things being equal, they'd like to get Kapo kako someone that um, he can, he can kind of relate to and who'll make him feel like he's at home. So I can absolutely see uh, that going down. And I don't think his stock is, is rising, even if he's playing well in, in Finland, it's just the longer this drags out the, um, you know, it's like we talked about with Keen. like the longer you kind of wait on it, um, the more teams, you know, understand that you're in an awkward position and can, uh, leverage the deal in their favor so I, I could see him um being a guy um I think there's no doubt they'd like to add um I don't necessarily have any names off the top of my head but maybe um a center or two for the prospect pool because as great as Zibanejad and Hidal are and we'll, we'll see what happens with Strom but uh, after that they're pretty lacking um in you know the organization Carl Henriksen's the really the only meaningful center um and he's you know at least two three years away you know I lean way more towards three maybe four so they need centers so I would not be surprised um if if they make a trade with Colorado let's say I could see Vlad Kamenev who's kind of a depth center I could see him kind of like that final piece as an add-on the sweetener um and and yeah but like like I said like the issue is that the Rangers are going to be making moves. You know, like like it's chess. Like they're going to be thinking three or four decisions ahead. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I think that this deadline and obviously the upcoming draft is going to tell us. How how soon this team thinks it is ready to contend, yeah. Be- mm. because you you look at how many pieces they already have in place of priority, whether it's Panarin as your top winger, Zabiganjet as your top center, um, you obviously the goalie situation, which is something that they're going to need to work through. The right side is something they're going to need to work through, and then you have a bunch of different forwards, whether it's Kako or it's Bucnevich, it's that filling out the roster and assessing, okay, who's not going to be a part of this group yeah. for the long haul. Um, so I, I think definitely it's it's going to be interesting to see um, how they proceed. Um, we're going to get into this in a little bit more um, detail once we get to, to the, the questions element of it, but um, just your general thoughts on, the Rangers, where they stand, you know, ahead of the deadline. This is the last podcast yeah. um, we'll have before the Monday deadline. Um, just of the players of note, whether it's Kreider, Faust, um, what are your, your, your thoughts?
1: Um, I think Kreider probably gone. I think the Rangers would, in theory, love to sign him, but they, they recognize um what the process is and and that's kind of the benefit of bringing john davidson in is that aside from just being good at building rosters he had no choice in columbus but to you know there were no easy fixes he had to build it slowly and he had to plan for you know five years ahead you know columbus was not just slapping you know a marion gabrick or rick nash or you know an artemi panarin into their you know their into their plans and their primes like the rangers have been able to do for so many years so he's has that vision of um building in steps uh rather than going you know the classic rangers move of the past of you know um trying to win the Stanley Cup in one offseason um that that being said i think you look at certain components of this team and you're like this team in some aspects could match almost any team in the league uh, their top 6 their power play their the right side of the defense the goaltending um you know like that that's <laughs> that's as good as you're gonna find in the league almost um and then if you got some progression from a capo a Brendan Lemieux, um, a Ryan Wingren and, and so on you know I think this team uh, not maybe not maybe a real contender next year the way they were in 2014 or 2015 but I think they're a team that could make noise in the playoffs next year if they address um, adjust their needs um they they need to fix the bottom six desperately they've taken some steps to make it better but they still have a long ways to go um and the left side of the defense is a bit of a mess right now um but the good news is that they have so many trade chips and i don't just mean things that um t- other teams would be interested but i mean things that the rangers could trade without kind of sabotaging their own um building process. Like, they're going to move one of Henry Clonquist or Alexander Georgiev and they're not going to suffer in goal. Um, you know, if they move D'Angelo, they still have Fox and Truba. Or if they move Truba, you know, they still have D'Angelo and Fox. Um, so I I think the pieces are there. I think they've done a really good job of, of building this up right now. And now comes the hard part of um, making kind of more than nuanced creative moves to... Um, reach that next level from where right now they're kind of an average team, which is fine given where they were a year ago. Um, You know, it's going to take some creative moves to hit that next, hit that next level and and, and also fit it under the Stanley cap. Sorry, not the salary cap long-term.
0: Yeah. Because the way I I look at this team and from just a, a high level you can see them taking steps forward this year versus last year. Um, I sort of said it this morning. There have been sort of an all or nothing team, where yeah. they have 26 wins in regulation. They only have four points, um, you know, I- through overtime and shootout losses. So it's it's not like it's you know in years past where they're just compiling all these loser points and they're um, they're looking better than they actually yeah. are. Which, for me, it's I look at the rebuild as it's your next year is always just a little bit better than your previous one, mm-hmm. which you look at what they already have in place. I would think the goal would be for next year, and, and you touched on it, it's being able to make some noise in the playoffs. And for me, that's making the playoffs and winning at least a round and being yeah. in, in a position where you've identified – parts of your roster that you like where you've depending on where you are at the deadline you might say you know what i am going to go and get this piece that plays a role this year yeah. and in in the future um but yeah it's it's interesting just the perception uh, of this team right now based on they still have a chance of making the playoffs it yeah. seems that there's a lot of teams around them that have hit losing streaks. I know Columbus, who is right now, uh, I think they have 70 points, and it's they're sort of in this this thing where they're going in and out with the, the Flyers and the Islanders and things of that nature. Um, do you think that how they've played this year might influence – where they might have said okay ryan strom's a restricted free agent where based on how he's played they might think he's someone that could be part of this solution going forward or is it going to be much more uh what's in the the best interest financially
1: yeah well like i said the rangers kind of have depth problem at center and maybe he's not the perfect solution but you can also you know the way he's playing this year uh you could certainly do worse um If you build a sheltered third line and put him on it um i I think you know if you build around that the right way you that's definitely possible especially because he's only i think 26. um i think they have to consider one what other centers they think will be available either now or in the summer um and and two of course how much how much money in term they're able to sign strom to because i think a really awkward situation would be if they can agree to terms they sign a one-year bridge deal and then you know you're competing for the playoffs in a r- meaningful way next year and you have strome a free agent to be an, an unrestricted free agent to be which I, I think i think you just can't have that situation because um unlike years past where it was like all right like they're too far out to realistically sign kevin hayes or ryan mcdonough and you know even this year Kreider. um That would just put the team in an awkward position where one, you're kind of giving up on your season and two, you're telling your players you're giving up on your season. And I just don't think that's viable. I don't think it's a good way to build a team. So they have to make a decision on him for sure by this, um, by the summer, we can agree and disagree on on what kind of term he actually deserves. But, um, you know, depends on what the Rangers actually think is how that's going to go.
0: Yeah. So speaking of staying or going, um, I'll, I'll just go through this really mm-hmm. quickly and then we can get to the questions. I sort of had put out two days ago, you know, this informal series of polls based on, you yep. know, people they think should stay or go. So it for Kreider, it was 49% stay, 51% go with yeah. 654 votes. Uh, Strom was 79% go. D'Angelo, 78% stay. Lunquist 67% stay. Gorgiev, 73% go. Buchnevich, 89% stay, which I was kind of surprised by that because I, I think maybe, if you
1: did that poll two weeks ago, it would have played out very differently.
0: Yeah, because it, maybe it's just the people that follow me and people that don't like Buchnevich don't nah, follow me. That's also me. fair. Um, Faust was 61% go. Brendan Lemieux, 81% stay. And then uh, Howden was 54% go, Truba 76% stay, Shea 60% go, Stall 83% go, and Brendan Smith 83% go. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, each poll was over you know 600 votes. Um, I mean, I know like for you know statistical sampling purposes, you know, it's not the uh, you know, it's not something you're going to take to the bank and it's, you yeah, know, it's depend-
1: not, the, not a scientifically conducted study of course.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, it's interesting to see oh, yeah, uh, of course. the pulse of the people. Um, yeah. so yeah, so we're doing only one show this week, you know, um, just the nature of scheduling and timing yeah. and things of going out of date. Um, so we do have some questions, right. um, for bannering points. We'll start with, um, the ones from our, uh, Patreon subscribers. I'll read your names at the end, but thank you as always to those who subscribe to the Patreon. It, it does really mean a lot. So. And this question is actually interesting because you you touched on it um, earlier. So from Kushtastic, do you guys think there's value to having multiple people from the same country playing together on lines like the Red Wings did with the Russian Five? And if so, do you think the Rangers should do so with Finnish-born players to help Kako?
1: Yeah, so I, I think they do need to add a Finn and, and specifically one who's actually decent in hockey. I don't think adding one who's terrible helps very much, but it's not even so much about on the ice it's it's really off the ice because like here's the thing a game is you know he's gonna play Kako what 17 18 minutes per game next year and then you have a few hour practices a few times a week there is a lot of time away from the rink you know or at least even in the locker room where that's really where the friendships are made and and, um, players get comfortable in their skin and and such. Um, so I think that part of it. it's more important than like with the Russian Five, it was like one, those were all ridiculously good players. Two, they had spent a lot of time together, playing together and building that familiarity. And and three, um, they all fit each other's style. I mean, you look at Kreider, Zbanejia, Bucinevich, those guys could not come from more different backgrounds in, in any way. Um, and yet, like, they just, they play so well together. Um, so I I don't think you shoehorn in guys just because they have the same nationality because like and I mean just think of think of yourself right like there are a lot of Americans that if someone was like okay we got you this American to sit next to you in a cubicle or whatever like I don't like this person just because he or she's American like there's some people from my own country that I don't like right <laughs> so <laughs> so. <laughs> I know people can't believe I would have such a cynical view. Um, but yeah, like my point being like I-, I think you do want to get someone in that Kako can relate to on on some on some level that he can build a friendship with. Um, so I think that's something they do need to address. But I don't think you just go, Oh, yeah, like these two guys are from the same country, even though they grew up five thousand miles away, you know, like let's you know, just put them together and hope, you know, they fall in love or whatever. <laughs> so
0: yeah i mean i agree with that and that's what i find also interesting about brendan smith because he's been one of the the closest people to 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 kako um sort of taking this mentor mentorship role and i know that there was um I, i don't remember when the story came out but it was it was sort of talking about kako and how he's been adjusting to life in the nhl and how you know smith has been a guy who who's been able to yeah. help him um but yeah i i agree it's not so much where you're you're from like obviously we've seen this year um the the the, the friendship of like Penarin and buchnavich it's someone who actually speaks the the language not like where years past like everyone's like oh well Kreider speaks a little bit of russian he can relate to you know buchnavich um so that sort of the comfortability and just someone who has gone through the process and has the life experience to say, oh, you know, it's tough coming to this league, but you know, with enough time, you can uh, make it through. Yeah. All right, another Patreon question. Uh, it's two questions actually. So from Perennial Powerhouse, how? And this one I don't really understand um, either, but how on earth does mike millberry have a job seriously (laughs) tell me i'd rather listen to a flat earther for three hours than his commentary
1: i really don't know i (laughs) i i i I don't have a good answer i genuinely and like there are some sportscasters i don't like but like like jack edwards i can't stand him but i can understand why the homer boston fan like he appeals to them right right who to whom is mike millberry appealing like the the boomers? Not even. Like my dad hates him.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. It's like this situation that's going to solve itself by virtue of the T V rights deal being up. So yeah. I would imagine NBC will still have some level of involvement, but they might consider things differently um, because you can just even see it in the studio, you know, even before the Jeremy Roenick controversy, they were always trying people out during the playoffs where it yeah. was Patrick Sharp or Keith Yandel. Um, you know, obviously it's got to be someone who's not a full-time player, but even, yeah. you know. How Brian Boucher has sort of moved into? Yeah, I love Boucher.
1: I think you know, give him a promotion, please. I think he and Mike Johnson are fantastic, um, and Anson Carter as well. Uh, but for whatever reason, they lean into like the milk toast, you know, fifty-year-olds who still think hockey is played like it was in, uh, you know, nineteen ninety. <laughs> so-
0: yeah, like I could understand if Milbury was an NBC guy for. Like Boston area games, because you kind of see that with, um, like Philadelphia, where you have Keith Jones on the broadcast yeah. or you have, um, you know, Eddie Olchek on the broadcast. Although in his case, you know, he's, he was doing national stuff too. So while he does be a little bit of a homer for the Blackhawks, it's nothing compared to, you know, Millberry with the <clears throat> most recent Boston game. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't really have a good answer. I just think it's something where, NBC at one point just said, oh, we got to grab these, you know, these people to try and grow the sport. And they just never thought to move them around because they were making money, which the opposites happen with, um, you know, in Canada with the Rogers deal where yeah. they made a shake up, you know, where they're getting rid of right. you know, Nick Kiprios and Doug McLean. And um, so, yeah, I think that's something that will eventually sort itself out and then the second question which i'm guessing it's sort of relating to milbury too because this was a hot topic during the rangers bruins game how does every hockey pundit fail to give context surrounding hank's statistical decline the team has not shown up defensively for him for three and a half years now not sure this goalie conundrum would exist if the d actually helped him out like they do other netminders. yeah
1: i mean look like here's the reality of it is that even very good hockey players are and even good scouts are are terrible at analyzing goalies and you know don't take it from me i've spoken to multiple numerous current and former goaltenders who it's the same thing like they they read or listen to analysis on goaltending where guys just say like oh like uh he's strong on his feet and you know, he cuts off angles and he's a he Challenges the yeah, shooter. Yeah, just like every, every goalie, you know, it's it's like saying to a pitcher, like, oh, he throws the ball fast. Like, that doesn't really explain much, um, you know? So <laughs> there's a reason someone like Marc-Andre Fleury and, you know, by all means, you know, a pretty good goaltender in his time. But there's a reason that a lot of these pundits think he's better than... Um, you know, a or Luongo beans because he's been fortunate enough to be on teams that win the Stanley cup. And that's kind of just the archaic way. Some people still, unfortunately analyze hockey.
0: Yeah. The rings, the rings argument. I mean, we will even hear it, um, anyone who's going to watch the trade deadline coverage, you're going to hear people talk about, yo, you know, this person's kind of a depth, uh, ed- addition, but they want a championship. They know what it takes. And it's like, yeah.
1: I mean, how different sport, but how long was it that LeBron James was called like not clutch and not a winner? Um, you know, and then like multiple rings later, I think he has four now, you know, it's just, it's just a very, it's easiest, lowest hanging fruit is to blame the top player. Um, for a team's you know failures
0: yeah it's um it's it's just just dumb i mean goalies are are voodoo and uh i think it's a situation where people just like to you know speak in generalities and they try to say a lot of things without actually saying anything the
1: biggest advice i would have is that it's okay to just say like i don't uh, know i don't know like i'm not informed enough on this topic uh you know like and like i i think i come off as fairly confident in the things i say but there's a survivor bias there where just like if i don't know or i'm not confident in what I, i'm just gonna shut up you know um so like it's, it's okay to just be like look i'm not the right person to talk about this you know let's talk to brian boucher um or mike mckenna or steve aliquette and, and so on because those are the people and those are the types who, who can give proper analysis um for for goaltenders
0: All right. So right here, I'm just going to put in a spot for an ad break and then we will be right back. should have heard an ad just now um, and hopefully it was something good uh, this question comes from Kevin Power what can we expect a week from today uh, brackets trade deadline
1: yeah like so I think Kreider's the only one we can really say like yes we know where this is headed at least in terms of like guys who could be headed out the door realistically um, everyone else like it's it's really weird actually like we've heard nothing about Jesper Faust um, and it's just bizarre in, in regards to either contract talks or um you know the trade deadline like we've heard more about joe thornton you know and like here's look at the return tyler to foley got and that was partially just because the market is for wingers it's horrible um so like jesper Foss is not that much worse than tyler to foley like he's a perfectly solid third line winger who plays a defensive game that every coach loves to add you know at this time of year So it's just it's just very strange to me. It's I don't even think they need to trade him. I think if you can get him on a reasonable deal, like absolutely sign him. Like he's just brings a different kind of game that's hard to find, and he's only twenty seven. So if you get him for three or four years, like you're not really um, eating up bad years in his career. Um, So it's it's just like very strange to me that we haven't heard anything one way or the other when we're you know what five days away from the deadline.
0: It's it's interesting because he is someone that if he wants to he can get paid and we've seen so many teams that overpay for players yeah, like him.
1: Yeah, he's always he's in that like uncomfortable zone where like he's good enough to deserve a lot of attention but there are 31 teams and all you need is one of them to really 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 want him. You know, and then suddenly he's being paid 4 4 million for 5 years. Um, you know, even if thirty teams balk at that price, if all it takes is one to just really want him. So, if he wants to stay in New York, I think there's a reasonable deal to be had. Um, I maybe four years, three million, but anything much more than that, like uh, you need cap space, and you need to use cap space on the top players more than anything. Because like, look, they paid a hefty price for Artemi Panarin, but good luck finding, you know, a a heart candidate you know yeah and i said like he's an interesting you know a bit of a unique player but you can find third line wingers you know so i don't think you can afford to pay a premium price for him and that's kind of why the rangers are in a bit of an awkward spot
0: yeah and i think part of the reason that they find themselves in these awkward positions is they get these players on um really good contracts whether it's faust who's making a buck 85 yeah. a year criders at 4.6 that you get to a point where you want to keep them and it's like you know you already signed for you know somewhat dirt cheap last time like yeah, i kind of feel like they're
1: going to want to get paid what they're yeah.
0: worth but yeah i think faust is the perfect um playoff acquisition like all these times yeah. we hear oh he's great he's a playoff type player and he he he's shown that he although he's not someone that ideally you want to have on your second line if he's there for a few games it because someone gets hurt or yeah. you're looking to change things up it works and defensively you don't really have to worry about him um he's loved in the room yeah. he's been the player's player award winner i think four years in a row now Yep. Yeah. um So, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, the one thing that I wonder is, are we going to have sort of like um, an out of nowhere, um, like Marion Gabrick like trade where it's all quiet and then boom, something happens. Now, I don't think that this would happen, but if there were to be a Marion Gabrick like trade, I think it would be Truba where it's.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: But yeah, um Kevin, I think really it's just gonna be Kreider. Um maybe Faust, but they'll I think do- we're
1: gonna see sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you, but no, I, sure. I I don't think we're gonna see only one trade. I don't know who, you know, or or what. Maybe it's the Rangers just trading draft picks for someone, but like I, I just I don't see this uh deadline passing with only one and I'm not including the Gautier Keen trade. I don't mm-hmm. see it going we're just one is traded i think they're going to or one trade is completed i think multiple deals will happen um for in the next few days for the rangers
0: yeah i mean i would not even be surprised like if it was a deal like okay they flip howden for something of similar yeah. value but at a different position but it uh it should be interesting um question from world by mike You can choose one Ranger under the age of 25 on the current roster to hang out with for one day slash night. However, you're paying, so it must be within your own budget. Whom do you choose, and what do you do? Man, under 25,
1: like, I'm starting to get old, man. I'm 28 in a a month, so uh, not that that's a ridiculous age difference, but, you know, that's not exactly my wheelhouse currently. Um, But... uh, I don't know is butchnevich under 25 still yeah i just think like and maybe the conversation That's my pick. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation wouldn't be the best but like and, and like no offense like i'm sure like if i sat down with ryan Glindgren, let's say like it'd be a perfectly fine conversation but like i just don't picture that being like some super memorable thing whereas with butchnevich like who knows what crazy shit um is going to come out of his mouth although you know who also knows how much he's able to drink <laughs> um so I just, this guy well there was like an Instagram of him a few days ago where he just had like pigeons on his knees. Yeah, like he's feeding like, pigeons in the park. This, guy, this guy's crazy, you know? So I yeah. think it would just be interesting.
0: Yeah. I think Buch is my pick just because like if you follow him on Instagram, it's just through throughout the year you'll just see his stories and it's the most random shit. Whether it's, you know, one year he had like uh You know, he he was like dressed up in costume, um, doing something, Uh, the pigeons in the park, you know, him in front of a mural, you know, just sort of giving the middle finger and smiling super happily. Um, You know, I'm I think he would be hilarious. And, you know, I don't think he'd cost a lot, you know, find him some magnets and uh, (laughs) have a good old time. Yeah. And then we have a question from uh, Big Mouth Yank. Um, We sort of touched on this, but do we move Kreider at the deadline or do we resign him, uh, seeing how anything we get in return likely does not equal his output slash leadership? I'm sorry. Um,
1: I I just – I think Kreider would have to – like someone out there is going to give him six or seven years, six and a half, 7 years six and a half, seven million, And I just don't, I think that's too much for him. And I think he's a really great player, um, but someone's going to do it. So I think it's about him being willing to take a big hit to his, his um, demands. I think, I think if he was willing to sign five years, five and a half, or even maybe five years, 6 million, I think it would be done by now. Um, so, like, we'll see if the reality of, you know, guys now have been moved, right? So, like, it's real now instead of just posturing. Like, we've seen, you know, Andy, Andy Green was moved. Tyler Toffoli was moved. Like, guys are being traded. Um, so maybe, you know, the reality of the situation uh, makes Kreider lower his demands. And I don't think it's a 0% chance he's traded. But I I, I think it's, you know, at least 90, 90 95%.
0: Yeah, I feel like if there was a deal to be done, it would kind of be done by now because it's not like he's a guy where it's he's trying to argue for um, significantly more money than he's worth. He's, yeah, like right. He's, he's got a good case, and it, it's not like it's some fringe person who's trying to capitalize off of one really good season. Um, but again... It could be a situation, and like you, you've talked about it before, where we always say, "Oh, we'll just trade a player, and then they'll come back and re-sign." You know, yeah. once they see the other grass, you know, yeah. it's it's it it's it's real. They've now put themselves in the new environment, and they're like, you know what? I couldn't see myself being anywhere else. Now I'm here, um, and it's it's I'm ready to do this and get paid. You know, a, a lot of money to do it. So. Yeah. I, I definitely I can see that um this is an interesting question and there's been no like official linking of the two teams more so um this is comes from dirty dan uh would the rangers be interested in vincent trochek and could shea or truba get trochek and a prospect
1: mm-hmm. he's an interesting one i think that's kind of a deal where like he he had a pretty dominant season what was it a year or two ago this year it's been kind of mixed bag i think a shea trade or a truma trade could be interesting in that regard because i think it's i don't think he's a guy i would want uh the rangers to be moving young pieces for i think there's an interesting decision to be made there um in regards to like hey like um you know like these defensemen are making a lot of money they're still in their prime but like not not a home run at the current contract right now. And it's kind of the same deal with Trochek. So I could see um I could see that being it's not the worst idea by any means. I I just don't see it being a thing where the Rangers are moving um a first round pick, multiple second round picks, and, and you know, uh, Niels Lundquist or a top prospect.
0: Yeah, what's interesting with Trochek, he's making four point seven five million after this year, he has two years left on his deal. Um yeah and just pulling up his his stats page so he had let's see so yeah he had a 75 point season in 1718 last year he was injured and limited to 55 games yeah. he had 34 points and this year he's got 33 points through 52 games so yeah it's it's a situation where he's he's an interesting guy but i could see that If this team was a little bit further along, it's why would you flip something for a guy who he's only under contract for two more years? Because unless it's the thought being as well, he's going to give you similar production to Ryan Strom, And it's that number guaranteed for two years where. You might not. Yeah, be able. and
1: and you know what? That's really, actually that's a good point. That's kind of going back to what I said earlier is that the Rangers are going to be thinking multiple steps ahead. And I think maybe yes, you can part with younger players or draft picks if you know you're going to be doing the same with Strom and that you're effectively um, making a flip of of the two. You know.
0: Yeah, because he's also let's see. So he will turn. He'll turn 27 in July. Um, he's also played right wing before, but it's primarily. Um, a center. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting name and thank you for the question. It's something to think about. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I could see the Rangers maybe trading Shea more so than Truba because the money is sort Mm of about the same. Um, Another question we have from Tim: What could po- what could Boston possibly have to offer for Kreider? They don't really have good prospects, and their pick this year will be likely within the final four. Mm, yep,
1: yeah, it's a it's a tough problem. Um, so they just their prospect pools like they have one good but not great prospect, um, and and <laughs> sorry, um, that's about it. Like everybody else is you know kind of depth guys like a a tim gettinger type you know maybe um or or ryan lindgren just guys who yeah like these guys could maybe fill out a bottom six eventually but no no needle movers really in the organization um there was a time where jacob lalko would have been that guy but he suffered like a serious knee injury at the world juniors so you know always wary of a guy who relies on his speed who suffers a i think it was an acl injury um with a long recovery so it's a tough problem. Boston's gonna have to get creative. I've had some people ask about Jake Debrusque, and I, that's that's not happening. Um
0: counterproductive for Boston.
1: Yeah, and just it doesn't like they're gonna have salary cap problems. They need a guy like Debrusque, like that can play above his um what he's earning. Um so I that that's not happening. I I doubt it. It's maybe if Boston gets just like so absolutely desperate, but I, I don't see it. Um, so maybe it's just a situation where they have to load it up with a bunch of draft picks, and then the Rangers turn around and either at the deadline or this summer, you know, kind of do the the Truba and Fox thing, where they then turn those um, assets farther away into NHL ready ones. Um, yeah, that's Boston- the only real way I can see it working.
0: Yeah, Boston is a tough one, and it's interesting because everyone was talking about what's wrong with the Tampa Bay lightning and they've just been on a tear. And now they're one point behind uh, Boston with, with they have 85 points. Um, I think that like Adam said, it would have to be something where it's, it's something where you're not going to get a whole lot. Um, I mean, this isn't a question, but I think, if the Rangers do end up trading Kreider, I do wonder if Colorado ends up being the best fit, just because they have so many injuries, but they also have different levels yeah, of assets. They have
1: some real, like, real good prospects that could be included in this deal. Uh, Connor Timmons, right-handed defenseman, um, Martin Kaut, who's a winger who's been hot lately, um, and Sampo Ranta. Like, there, there are quite a few who are more intriguing than what boston has to offer so um i i think there are easier matches to be made elsewhere which look that doesn't mean he's not going to boston but i think that's just such a major obstacle
0: do you think um st louis would be a possibility i know they sort of came onto the radar like pierre lebrun had said yeah at, i think it was what Cairou and a first
1: yeah it's that would be that'd be great um i just i, I don't remember who said it but i think one or two reporters kind of said that St. Louis is still interested, but that it's Boston and Colorado at the mm-hmm. top of the food chain there. Um, so yeah, I could totally. St. Louis has some prospects. Um, Jordan Kyrie, they have their first round pick. Um, Kim, Kim Kostein. Um, so that yeah, like I see a fit there too for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm interested in Colorado just and and it's sort of some cautious things too because the last thing i would kind of want is sort of almost like a um although in this situation it's rentals and players under team control you wouldn't want to sort of like ryan mcdonough trade all over again where it's you're bundling um otherwise on their own assets and then sort of diluting the return just because right right now you have so they have so many needs with Rantanen's out, Kadri's out, uh, Grubauer's out. Where theoretically the Rangers could be a one-stop shop, but
1: yeah, I mean if I'm if I'm an opposing defenseman and I see Nathan McKinnon and Chris Kreider coming down the wing, like coming through the neutral zone with possession, like I'm crapping my pants
0: or pulling like, a Brad Marchand and just changing,
1: <laughs> yeah, like I just like just that combination of just sheer speed and power and skill, like. How do you defend that? You know, so it just, it makes so much sense for Colorado, but they have to actually figure out if a deal can be worked out.
0: All right. And so the last two questions are they're tied together and then you can sort of just give your overall thoughts because we really haven't touched on it. Um, in great detail. So the first question is from Alex Khalifa and it's when will Henrik get to play again? And then the question from M D'Alessio 22 is how do you see the three goalie situation ending? Is Hank a Ranger next year? So in general, yeah. you know, what's going on with Hank?
1: So ultimately Hank controls his own destiny. Like he, um, he has a full no trade clause, and the Rangers could, literally say to him? You will be sitting in the press box the entire year um you know and yet like he could just say okay bye like i'm fine with that and the rangers can't do anything so any move of longquist is um it requires him being okay with it so that complicates things but i think in in theory they would rather keep georgiev and i think that's been made obvious by their reluctance to trade him um and and the high price they've demanded um (laughs) So it it's it's such a tough one. I think it's like 50-50 now, which it's hard to even imagine. Uh, you know, even like six months ago. I, I was still kind of on this train, but I would have been more like 80% stays. I think it's like 50 50 now. Um, when will he get games? I do I wonder how long they're gonna go with Shesterkin and, and Georgiev, but like I wonder if they're at the end of the season once they're officially eliminated and like they're like, hey, like this might be his last um, tour of the garden in a Rangers uniform, like even if it's not guaranteed, just like kind of just in case, like let's get him some games at the garden as a theoretical. Thank you. And and farewell just in case um, it comes to that. So he's going to play again. I just don't know if it's going to be anytime soon.
0: Yeah. I think that as long as Igor is healthy and as long as Igor is playing well, they're going to give him all the opportunity in the world. And in terms of Hank's future, I still have this sense that they'll give it one more go in terms of they're gonna see what interest there is in Gorgiev in the summer, yeah. where it's teams are not up against the the gun. And who knows? Like maybe it's a situation where Toronto reassesses things long term if mm-hmm. Anderson just continues not to to look himself. Um, it's it's sort of an interesting just looking how he's played the last two years to this year where he mm-hmm. in goal saved above expected last year, he was double digits where this year he's almost double digit negative. Yeah. So it's
1: part of it's, that's because he's, they've had to ride him into the ground because just their backup goaltending has been absolutely yeah. horrible. But he's also, I think, I think he's 32 years old. So like
0: he's getting older for
1: butterfly goalies. Like that's, it's, it's old. You know, some guys can play forever. Lundquist and Luongo have done it. Halak has done it, but there are other guys like look at Corey Schneider, you know, um like it just it's it's a very dangerous time uh for a goaltender, kind of that that um early mid thirties type deal where their play has uh, declined. So I think there are definitely possibilities one way or the other, whether it's Georgiev or, or Longquist. Um I think that's going to be even if not necessarily the most important decision, because like it's probably in long term regardless, but it's the most interesting decision the Rangers will have to to make for sure.
0: Yeah, the last thing I would want to have happen is it's sort of a Cam Talbot situation again, where they overplay their hand and then end up selling mm-hmm. for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. But hopefully, they've learned their lesson. Yep all right so with that that is the show um but i will read off the names of our our lovely patreon subscribers um we thank you for your support adam naholic in gaspar amriel kistner andrew chicagoff andy white anthony McHale, anthony viola arch williams beezer ben pierney bjarner osterheim bobby kawa bobby callahan captain america chris habibi chris lucas chris marco Trigiano, Chris O'Connor, Clark Carroll, Craig Lachlan, Daniel DeGen, Danny Santiago, Daryl Powell. I think you were Alex odd last week. So you're just picking. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Random former Rangers, but I I love that you've committed to the bit. Um, Yep. David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Eric Carlson, Fancy Lawrence, George Lipman, Goth Tom 2020, not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> Igor Zavlovsky, James Dangles, Jamie Bushold, Jeff Owen, Jermaine Francis, John predzapelsky John Repi, Jordan Sassone, Justin Walsh, Keith Francillo, Kevin Mead, Kush Tastic, Kyle Napolitano, Matt Bader, Matthias Olsen, Michael Alsante, Michael Kanick, Michael Marcus, Michael Silvers, Nikolai Hoffman, Panarin 2020, Patrick Landholt, Perennial Powerhouse, Russ Vent, Sean steeg Billback, stink flamin tall guy rob the ninjas ninja the tin man tory from manhattan and trevor kempner thank you so much for uh being patreon subscribers as always um you know Leave us reviews on iTunes, five stars or appreciated comments. Uh, any thoughts that you have on the podcast, things you want to see us try differently. You can reach out to myself or Mike, um, even Joe, if you want to bug him, you know, he's let's make sure that he's actually alive. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, abuse, bannering points, get your, your thoughts, listen to on the show. And, uh, thanks very much to Adam for joining this week. Uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, Anything else you want to say, Adam, before we go? Uh, Just that it feels
1: like we've gotten a lot more subscribers now that Joe has left.
0: I know. I didn't want to be the one to say it, so I'm I'm glad that you actually did. So that lets me off the hook. Yep. Well, uh, that's it. and uh, We will talk to you uh, after the trade deadline, uh, which uh, might not involve Chris Carter as a ranger, but you'll have to stay tuned to find out. Mm -hmm. Take care, everybody.